Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Gully and Phil Blackman. How's it going, fellas? Pretty good. What is up? Yeah. So we've got some uh we've got some uh GP prep this week. Uh some some uh tournament some tournaments actually have happened after the ban that are big enough to talk about. Um and uh I think maybe go over some sideboard stuff, talk about talk about GP prep in a uh, in a games two and three kind of way. The GP is what, like six weeks away? Yeah, it's it's uh, early September, right? Yep. Yeah, we the first this... week in September is GP Richmond, yeah. And then we've got the Star City that just happened, plus another one coming up, which will have have happened by the time people hear this. Yeah. In Philadelphia. Um, and I'm playing in a geekery or a, yeah, two local tournaments, one in Utah and one in New York because of a work trip, so. We'll get it, we're going to start to get some data on this format without yeah. Deathrite and Probe. Uh, I'm nah. excited to, to see what shakes out. And it looks like uh, the first big tournament of this meta, uh, Eldrazi Post, is what shook out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Questions, comments, gripes? Oh, yeah. Come on. Like, <laughs> well, what are we doing? They, 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 ban, they ban the things we want them to ban, and then <clears throat> Chalice is the thing that keeps picking up. God damn it, I hate that card. Was all right, that all three questions, comments, and gripes in, in one, yeah, in one dude, spot? I'm, I'm, you, dude, you know me. I'm about efficiency. I'm not. I'm not here to be like. I'm not here to ramble. Yeah. Can you click on the Stoneblade deck that got in second? Yeah, I let's look see at the Stoneblade deck and see see what that. The all reason about. is I want to see how many artifact ways to kill an artifact he had in his deck. He's got that Brightling oh, in there. That a Brightling? Uh, scroll down. Let's see. We've got Zach on the screen share tonight. Yep. I'm... He has two disenchant. And he has Sweet. no back to basics in Sweet. this deck. A back to basics in that would have, would have <laughs> had had blue white stoneblade likely winning this tournament. Because, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Five islands, two planes, zero back to basics. One Baneslayer Angel. Yeah, that old Drazi post deck. It's basically like you either win before they get their House of Horrors set up or they get it set up. Or sometimes you can pick them off with artifact kill, like it's not like artifact kill is so great against him. Ancient Grudge is the best because you can like Ancient Grudge at Chalice and then like Ancient Grudge uh, Grim Monolith or something. So Grand Dynamo. So what do you think I mean, the the reason for this engineered explosives is uh, here? Uh, you think that's just deck. like I'm gonna chalice. play? Is it Chalice or is the it reason like is Chalice? Okay, I was gonna say maybe they're just the sick right? of seeing Nimble Mongooses across the board and they figured that's a guy, that's a way to get them. I mean, I mean, if you're if you're the Stoneblade deck and your answer to uh, the geese is engineered explosives, you're one engineered explosives. I mean, yeah, it gets there, but I don't think that's what you're putting in your deck for. I think if you were look, worried about the geese, you're just like, I'm gonna race that with my equipment. Yeah, oh, he has I, four wasteland in this in the Stoneblade deck, huh? It's interesting. They yeah, I mean, that's why it's a four. Co- it's a two color deck instead of like, let me splash red for wear and tear right that's and why you're playing disenchants be 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 aware that those wastelands are in in this deck's mind they are spells because he's playing 23 land yep 
So the the four wasteland to take you from 19 to 23 in terms of your spell suite, as opposed to playing like two more cantrips and a couple back to basics, like those those wastelands are uh, very much spell slots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and it's surprising with four wastelands that he lost to uh, a, a post deck. I mean, the the post deck, like, they just pump out Grim Monolith and Thran Dynamos, and, like, if you're not killing those things, like, that that deck is not one that cares about what's across the table, right? Yeah, I suppose that's true. They've got a thing in their hand and calling it a day. Oh, yeah, Grim Monolith, Trinisphere. They also just always rip all his dust, so... Yeah, I mean, all his dust (laughs) is not as good with the Stoneblade deck, because at least you still have your Stoneblade stuff, I suppose. I guess guess the token is black. The token's so, black. Yeah, that's rough. Well, I guess you can rebounce your Brightling. Yeah, um, it must have just been, uh, well, it was, you know, congratulations to Joseph uh, Santa, Santa Yo, Congratulations. You know. Congratulations on winning the tournament. First, congratulations. Second, this deck tilts me so hard. <laughs> it tilts me so hard. Well, let's let's talk about the other decks. I mean, we know what Eldrazi Post is up to, right? We know what Stoneblade's up to. Let's talk about the other decks that came uh, that came in the top eight here. Let, we can even go down to the top sixteen. Um, so we've got uh, Rug Delver uh, coming in third, Goblins in fourth, Turbo Depths, uh, a Jeskai Stoneblade uh, in sixth, a Black Red Reanimator, and a Grixis Death Shadow deck uh, rounding out the top eight. All right, let's take a look at that one. Yeah, so Grixis Death Shadow. Shadow. Uh, so let's let's first let's talk about the price of this deck. This is a uh, two thousand dollar deck uh, that that you could literally cut eight hundred dollars off of if you decide that you just don't want to play your one underground sea. Uh, you can replace that underground sea with a uh, another Shockland if you want. Yeah, I guess you could. I think you just I, I would throw in another Watery Grave like if I didn't have it, and and suddenly you have a uh, twelve hundred dollar deck. So I think. Uh, I, I like this deck for, for a, a couple of reasons. For budget reasons. Um, and it, it obviously it's a contender, you know? I mean, this deck is pretty much just Rug Delver swapping green for black. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, your, your black, your black things are, are your, uh, gir, your uh, what's it called? Gurmog Angler and your uh, Death Shadow basically replace the... Um, threats in the deck, and then what? You've got you've got uh, Thoughtseize as your other black card. That's it, He's right? Three, and then then you move very heavy into like he leverages the black in his board very steeply. Yes, he goes into for him to Turok out of his board. Uh, he gets for for a longer game where he's boarding that stuff in. He gets Kess and Nickel Bolas, mm-hmm. the new Nickel Bolas, which I, is probably testing out here. I wonder if it actually uh, did what he was hoping that it would do, because uh, four mana is a lot for this deck. Yeah. But, uh, and, yeah, the, the black is, like, getting leveraged very steeply in the board. And then Dread of Night as a one-of, which probably helped him at least once or twice during the day. Yeah, to me, this is just a deck about days and force and, yeah. like, thought sees days and force. Like, probably was enough to get you some wins. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate that deck. this deck is, is a thing now. Like, it wasn't really... Um, and, 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 you know, for reference, there's another there's another Gr- Grixis Death Shadow in the top 16, yeah, let's take uh, a look at that one and see how close it was. Yeah, that's a good question. Let's see. If there were, let's see uh... So the threat suite is similar, but there's an extra Gurmog Angler. Um, looks like we've got, got a Teamer Battle, Battle Rage. And Sick. Stubborn Denial. This is more of a close. This is closer to a port of the modern deck. Yeah, this is a Stubborn and, Denials. Yeah. And he has one Underground Sea as yeah, well. I mean, so. you gotta you gotta uptick the deck. You gotta you know a deck like this. You gotta make sure that you, you know uh, anyone under the age of 21 can't afford. So you gotta throw in a 
throw an underground sea just just for good measure. Um, I think there's the underground sea is theirs. Yeah, it's primarily to send a message. I believe that. <laughs> uh, but the, I, like, I actually board... like this build a lot more. I like the stubborn denials. He's got the extra Gurmag Angler. Um, I like. I think stubborn denials is a cool card. And Force Spike in this format is is almost as fun as Days many times. So I, I think it's fine to to throw in two more Dazes. It's interesting. It's a Thoughtsea. The Thoughtsea's part of it is interesting to me. Like, um, your Delver decks usually want to get a threat down on turn one, mm-hmm. but in this particular deck, Thoughtsea's coupled with like, okay, well, my plan is to Thoughtsea's that this their one drop, and then they're gonna play a land and pass, and then I'll either waste them and hold up um, Stubborn Denial, or you know, waste them and play Delver or hold up Stifle and Stubborn Denial or something like that. Well, Nate, I can um, tell you what the what the play is here uh, because I've, I've played this deck a few times uh, and, and really what you want to be doing is turn one uh, Fetch Shock Thought Seize, you've taken five damage, daze your Fetch back, play a uh, Cyclist Street Wraith and uh, play that uh, land back on the second turn and then play a Death Shadow, which will be a 4-4 at that point, I believe. Yeah, and except you know you you're all you're at like what nine? <laughs> yeah, that's so. fine. You've got you've got a four four on the board, and it's just gonna get bigger. And you can stubborn denial or daze. Yep. You know, like I think I, I think this is the sort of deck where you're just you're you're balls to the wall. You're playing as hard as you can into your death shadows. Yeah, Delver always throws me off in these decks, but maybe that's the best. In, maybe it's just like it's the best I'm one playing drop days. that's not the death shadow. I think. It's a, probably the best one drop creature, right now. Yeah. Delver. Oh yeah. What's what's all that? What's that? Lackey, Mother of Runes, and Glistenero. Nimble Mongoose. <laughs> and Nimble Mongoose. Yeah. Don't don't sleep on the mongoose, man. Um. So let's talk let's about the this. other uh, the other decks in the top sixteen real fast. So we've got a Just Guy Delver. We definitely want to go back and talk about that. Uh, Miracles, Death and Taxes, Sneak and Show, Death and Taxes. In fact, uh, there's that Grixis Death Shadow we were just talking about. And uh, blue white stone blade, but I I, I want to see the Grixis Delver deck. Uh, you mean Jeskai right Delver? Je- yeah, sorry, Jeskai Delver. Which deck. is a stone blade deck. There are a lot of Stoneforge Mystics. It seems like yeah. it was a good tournament for Stoneforge Mystics. Yeah, um, yeah. This is this is sort of the the deck that I think Fabiano was was playing what like four years ago, five years ago maybe. Is um, there a single card in here that's been printed in the past five years? Um, <laughs> Scroll down. Uh, there's a wear tear. A braid. That might, that might be the only a braid. Thing. And a braid. What a braid. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this deck it, is... Pulled, this... Right out of the, pulled right out of the, the archives. Beauty and the Beast, man. This is a tale as old as time right here. Wouldn't it be funny if this guy was, like, in a coma? <laughs> just woke up. And he was just up. like, oh, I'm so glad to be out of this coma that I've been in for the past, you know, five and a half years. Is my is my deck still good? People are like, well, you never know. <laughs> I, the, I feel like if I ever sleeved up Jeskai Delver and was playing Delver alongside Stoneforge Mystic, the first thing would happen is I would cast the turn one Delver, and then I would, uh, in my upkeep, trigger to reveal, and I would be looking at an equipment and want to scoop. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that way often as well. Um, so, uh, also in the, top, in the top 16, there there was one uh, Infect deck, and Phil, this one plays four Ponder. Finally! God, finally! I don't, I don't subscribe to that style, but, uh, I mean, this guy top 16 a, a pretty large event, so I, I can't hate on it. Doing um, it right. Uh, let's yeah. see a sideboard. Let's see a sideboard. I just went 4-1 in a league with Infect, where I just, 
I beat Eldrazi post, first of all. Yeah. Uh, beat Eldrazi post, beat another Cloud post deck, beat Death and Taxes and Sneaking Show. So I'm 4-0, and of course I played four-color Loam in the, in the last round. That'll do it. Which is, like, the worst freaking matchup. But I'm still big on the, on the um, like, standstill slash true name sideboard plan. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed that I haven't seen it make it into a big event yet. But I, I love appreciate it. the the sideboard tech here, uh, where this guy's playing uh, both Cross and Grip and Dissenter's Deliverance. Uh, I think you got to mix he's up got, your your artifact hate in the in the board with this deck. He's got two dismember, one submerge, which I think sort of is what I'm trying to do with the two names. Because mm-hmm. like basically, like you have no removal, so sometimes you just need to stabilize the board. I just don't know how I feel about dismember um, because you're probably taking hits. Yeah, and you do actually care about your life total, whereas your opponent's dismember is opponent now doesn't free. Care, yeah. <laughs> Submerge is great, but yeah. yeah. Two become immense? Yeah. Four I, ponder. I guess that works. Um, yeah, I guess the, 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 that's where it makes sense to play become immense, I guess, because you've got that much air in your deck. Oh, I never, wait. Did, did, I, did something become even more playable because somebody played four ponder? That's weird. Well, uh, I think also four ponder became playable because this person took the two Gitaxian probes that were in his deck and removed them. Uh, Man, I what is that? I think that's what happened. I think they upgraded. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I think that ponder in this deck did a much better, uh, is is just a much better uh, purpose card than than Gitaxian probe ever was, honestly. And I think a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that, but. I, I just never felt great about looking at my opponent's hand, seeing, like, two or three problems, and being like, well, I'll draw a card. Oh, it's a land I lose. You know, like, at least if you drew a card and, it, it, like, get to look and see what your options are, plan out your next couple of turns. Like, I just always felt better about, about Ponder than, than uh, Gitaxian Probe in the deck. That said, uh, he's playing an extra Vines. He's playing no uh, no Blossoming Defense. Uh, which I would I would play in this deck. Uh, I, I like the end up main... stifle. Yeah, and, well, I I never played a stifle in, in mine, but I think yeah, none no stifle at all in the in the uh, deck at all. Man, Ward and... Sylvan Library. I'm not really here to pick apart this guy's deck. Just, oh yeah, yeah, just... no, no, I'm not. It's I'm not hating. Uh, I, I love I would... the Sylvan Library. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I I mean, for me, the the um, it comes down to like your flex slots are like your your this Sylvan Library. Uh, you know, this this one uh, Vines of Vastwood and the two Becomements are pretty much your flex slots in this deck. I think all the other stuff are, is, is pretty stock and set. Um, and, and it just depends on whether or not you want to have four force in three days or three force in uh, four days. It, it just goes back and forth for me. It depends on, on the type of meta I'm looking at. Um, but See, And that with this build, I would play four force three days because he's got more blue cards and yeah. he's got to keep lands in play. I don't. I don't really like all the ponders and Sylvan libraries in this, just because, like, you're looking at cards, like, you're just looking for stuff. But on the other hand, like, your creatures all die to Dark Blast. Yeah. Like, you know, you need to. You need to. You need to strike all the irons hot. Yeah. Um. I, I and think... while you're while you're while you're looking at like a bunch of cards or tapping two lands to play a Sylvan library, and not holding up Spell Pierce. Oh, there's no Spell Pierces in this deck either. No. I've I've kind of moved away from spell pierce as well in this deck because like if your opponent drops a Jace, which is the only thing I can think of that I would want to spell pierce over Flusterstorm for, is like a planeswalker. Um, otherwise, you're just protecting your guys, right? Um, well, you spell spell pierce Chalice and, and Moon. Sure, but Chalice doesn't bother you that much. Moon definitely does bother you. 
Chalice, Chalice doesn't bother you that much because your deck is so varied in costs. Like, you have, you, uh, oftentimes your opponent's like, Chalice on two, and you're like, cool. Chalice on one, you're like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, especially if you were on the play, if you played first and he's like, Chalice on one, you're like, I've already got a Glistener Elf on board. I'll just attack yeah. you, you know. This deck is fast enough that, that uh, the Chalice on one thing is not as big a deal um, it can still be a pain and definitely beat you, but it's this deck doesn't fold to it like Grixis Delver does. Or, sorry, uh, Teamer, uh, Rug Delver does. Rug Delver. Yeah. Canadian Threshold. Canadian Threshold. Like, if if I get a Chalice out against me and I'm playing Rug, I, I basically just go to the next game, because all I'm going to be able to do is cast Tarmogoyf, you know? Yeah. Well, you can cast Portable in days. I've tried a few, yeah, exactly. I've tried a few times to get through, and you'll get through occasionally. And at big events, you should definitely try and get through. Um, but I, I think that you know, wasting time uh, that you could either spend bitching to your friends about how you got chaliced on turn on turn one and turn in game one, or you know, just like playing the next game, <laughs> I think is your time's better spent doing either of those things than trying to play under a chalice. Yeah. So that was the big tournament, right? Is there anything else we want to talk about from it? Uh, no, I think uh, you know uh, all the other stuff looks pretty stock as far as uh, what we would have expected to come out of this, you know. Yo, um, can you look at the miracles list real quick? Yeah, let's look at the miracles list. Let's see what that's all about. I just want to see if uh, uh, does is does this list have a Tefri? Uh, no. Oh, okay. I oh, thought Tefri. One on the board. One on the board. Oh, one on the board. Okay. Because I, I was looking at a lot of lists, and, and Teferi was starting to look like it was just pretty much becoming stock. Uh, yeah, I, I mean... It's not fully, fully adopted, but... There, yeah, definitely... there's there's a pretty big movement towards Te Teferi in the deck, it looks like. Yeah, um, it's like that. It's in that, like, big closing spot that, like, uh, Karanos and the second Entreat used to have. Yeah, let's Slayer Angel. Uh, and and just to give you a heads up in the metagame, Miracles has sort of moved to the number one spot over Rug Delver. Uh, we Yo, still got mono mono red prison music. What's that? Coming for that number one spot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it looks like people. I want to see if there's a numbers yet on no no numbers on that. Um. On the Tefri here of Darmanaria. Unfortunately, um, but yeah, uh, I think you know the meta's starting to shake out a little bit, and and you've got a good idea of what you want to fight against now. Yeah, I mean, um, still not a still not a very strong like black mid range deck, which is I guess going to still take a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. We didn't none of those Stoneforge decks we saw were Esper Stoneblade. Um, I feel like those were... decks really need Swords to Plowshares. You know, like if you're if you're the fair decks. That aren't delvering people. I think like you're really struggling if you don't have swords to plowshares. And some people like to delver people and play swords to plowshares. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that. It's not. On for too it's long. not great, but it does. It does answer problems. And sometimes just, if you're winning, you're just winning. You know. Hey, just remember when you're going to bed tonight and you're dreaming about playing that deck. Just imagine all the delvers that won't flip because you're looking at a batter skull. Yeah, or well, the times the, when your opponent have, it doesn't have less. It doesn't have less uh, spells than the Grixis Death Shadow deck did. The Grixis Death Shadow deck didn't have a lot of, didn't have many spells because it had the street rates. I'm not saying the deck slot. is unplayable. I'm just saying that there will be times where you're gonna flip your Delver, and you're gonna be looking at equipment. Yeah, we're gonna go to flip your Delver equipment. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah, four color loam is, is really doing well, which is nice to see. I like I like that deck. Gets mm-hmm. Dark Confidant back in the uh, back in the old uh, format here. Um, but that's the closest thing to like a black mid range deck that I think we see a lot of. So we'll see if there's any bug or Grixis decks. There have been a few that have been played. I guess the Grixis Death Shadow decks, but um, does four color loan play any life gain? Does four color loan play any life gain? It's a great question. Uh, Let's I actually don't I'm, look I'm, real I'm, fast. I'm, I don't think so. Uh, it plays life gain for the. Opponent. I mean, it it plays Scoos. Yeah, scavenging is. That's about it. The only, yes. the only life gain is Scoos? Yeah. Pretty much. That's why Burn is a bad matchup. That And it's got, like, you know, 17 non-basic lands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In play. Um, How good is Counterbalance in this format? Bad? I mean, good enough to be in the top deck, right? Like, Miracles is playing three of them. Well, what do you think? This like, one's playing back to basics. It's good against Rug, right? It's good. It's, it's pretty good against Rug, and that's the best deck, or mm-hmm. you know, consensus other best deck. Doesn't seem good against Death and Taxes. Sneak and Show. What do you think? I don't think so. Yeah. Storm. Uh, well, I'm actually surprised with if if Stoneblade and all of this stuff is around. I would think that if people are moving away from their Fat Chalice decks and moving over to their mid-range Stoneforge decks, that Storm would have a coming out party, right? Doesn't Storm just destroy? Stoneforge Mystic decks? I mean, I think, not always, of course. Like, you know, there's still going to be play to it, but I imagine that. I, like, if you told me that you were taking any Stoneforge Mystic deck and pairing it up against Storm, I would probably put my money on Storm the majority of the time. I agree. I think that the Storm decks are still in flux a little bit um, because, like, Vothotsi is a good card. It's different than Cabal Therapy and Gitaxian Probe. And you're losing a certain kind of play pattern that did certain things for you. Um, and you're also, you know, spending a card, losing two life to take one card, which is which is different. Um, uh, the one we're looking at, the one that Zach has called up just now. Oh, this is this is pre-ban. It's got like a taxi probe in it. Let's go <laughs> over to, yeah, come on. I did see come one on, of the MTG Goldfish. Again. What are you doing here? Let's, uh... Brian Cook just won. Yeah, is this his? De- yep, this is his deck. Yeah. Brian's from uh, Star City Team Open, first place, with four Thoughtseize. Um, four Thoughtseize, three to rest. Four Thoughtseize. A lot. Yeah, bro. You got to. He just did a straight swap. I mean, the the one thing, the only downside about losing Cabal Therapy is that you don't get the flashback after Empty the Warrens, because Tess is definitely more of an Empty the Warrens deck where. Uh, Ad nauseum tendrils like regular storm ant is a past and flames deck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but Brian's been doing very well, I think, since the ban, and I think that a very fast storm deck is good while people are sort of like feeling things out. Oh um, yeah, one hundred. I, I fully and, agree with that. And uh, which is a deck that people like playing more, or I shouldn't say that a deck that more people tend to play. <laughs> you got to be very careful <laughs> when talking about people's decks, right? Um, a deck that more people will play, tend to play, is less good now without Probe and with Thoughtseize because it's um, slower and the Thoughtseize life loss and the tempo loss matters. Yeah. I also I I missed the memo therapy. on LEDs, uh, a set of LEDs being $1,000. <laughs> what can you do? 
What can you do, man? What are you, what are you supposed to do? What are you going to do? $1,000 for that set. I mean, man, you're going to hope... be able to find them cheaper online just based on the fact that they're always beat. So you'll probably, yeah, because you they, probably put people it... were like, what a discard by hand, and they threw it at the bottom of their backpack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know I did. Man, one with nothing is simply a black lotus away from being $1,000 for a set. Wow. Yeah, dude. Imagine that. Yeah, just be just a black lotus away. We're so close. Speaking of combo decks, if you were taking show and tell into a tournament, are you playing it with sneak attack? Or are you playing it with omniscience? You well, play it with both. That's what these decks do. Yeah, yeah. I think. I, would, would you take life you is think, meaningless? Do you think just uh, omniscient like four x omniscience, four x show and tell, mono blue? Do you think that deck? is better than Sneak Attack, or do you think Sneak Attack is the way to go? I think Sneak Attack's much more resilient um, against against decks that are ready for it. Um, also, like, Sneak Attack gets through uh, Flusterstorm, which is a card that you definitely have to worry about sometimes. Mm. Uh, also, um, I think that just most of the time, Sneak Attack is, is uh, like a, f- a slightly faster kill. Um, once, once you, uh, you know, if you're playing against a deck that, like, you're like, oh, what do I have to do? If you can play Sneak Attack and drop a pedal, you can generally win the game from there because you can get Grizzlebrand into play and then you can draw a bunch of cards, attack with Grizzlebrand, and, you know, like, you, you, you kind of can fill up your hand and, and basically, like, the game's over from there, but you just have to wait another turn. Do you so remember back... Do you remember... I forget what, what how long ago this was. I mean, obviously, it was, uh, it was a while ago. But do you remember when there was a blue-black uh, Omni Show deck? That was showing up. Uh, blue yeah. black. What was the black for? Lindus Vault. Vault. Lindus Vault and Thoughtseize. Yeah. Okay. The thing is, <laughs> the deck is so because Grizzlebrand so stupid. Like, why are you goofing around? Just just protect your show and tell, and then just you have a full hand. It's just it's just the dumbest card. Um, so this is Bob Bob Huang's build, which was fourth place at the uh, at the team open. So if you scroll down to his sideboard. You'll see Dude, the, the, this this board tech spiked this card. Oh yeah, like ten tenfold. Arcane artisan. We talked about this uh, on the cast before that arcane Ar- artisan might be a great sideboard card. What I liked is that if you looked at uh, anybody who played against this card on camera, and by anybody I mean I watched specifically in the finals when he played against Bryant on Storm, that uh, Bryant kept having to look at the card because. We're like we're so ingrained to just knowing that we were just like yeah it's show and tell attacked on a dude, so we forgot like and I forgot too that you have to pay two and a blue again when you tap it. Oh yeah. And I remember yeah. like he, he would he, he kept just... looking at the card when two and a blue was being paid and he was like what don't you just tap it and show and tell? It's like nah you got to pay <laughs> two and a blue yo. But what Bob said after the tournament was that you bring it in in every matchup. The only reason you don't have it in game one is because their removal would be live. Yeah. So they board out their removal, and you board this thing in. We'll see how long that works for. <laughs> Classic man plan. Yeah, what is dude. this? Uh, it's an O3? Yeah, the transformative sideboard into O3s. Wall, yeah, dude. dude wall of wood. O, like, O3 aggro. Yeah. I mean, this it's is not, really it's an all O3 the worst idea. I wonder what you boarded out. I wonder what you boarded out for it. Um, um, I guess what did you board out for it? Whatever wasn't tells. an O3. <laughs> board out your show and tells. 
Look, board out anything that isn't an O3 because we're on the beatdown plan. No, I think uh, if if I were if I were here and I was boarding out stuff, so I'd probably start with my omniscience and uh, like t- like two omniscience and two sneak attacks and throw that in. You board out omniscience? I guess yeah, you can't, well, get, you can't we, make omniscience with it. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. Arcane Artisan only it, its exile clause only works for creatures. So if you have a if you have Arcane Artisan and Omniscience, you're going to feel bad. Also, you can't put in Sneak Attack off of it. So I think, yeah, you bring out the two Omniscience and one Sneak Attack. And hold you... on, hold on. Hmm. What about the Sneak Attack in the Arcane <laughs> Artisan? Hey, three more. It could be done. Here's the question. Is that bad? One, you could do it at the end of their turn. It's got haste. So then you just lose your Arcane Artisan, but you have your Grizzlebrand token. Doesn't your Arcane I mean, Artisan... Die like if that dies, doesn't your thing? Go oh, does away? that is that how that works? If it dies, it goes away. Uh, when yeah. it leaves the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step, yeah. I guess you could do it at your end step, but then your opponent still is going to get to uh, have his turn. You know, it's no, making right. illusions. Or I guess if you it doesn't, it doesn't do it, it at the okay. end of your opponent's turn, right? Like after his, or at the end of uh, yeah, at the end of your opponent's turn, and he kills the art- artisan, you get to keep your guy. Yeah. So it's, it's not it's not totally worthless. Oh yeah, you have getting of the next end step. Yeah. Just another yeah. battle bond mythic gonna be worth a bajillion dollars. Yeah, great. Is that the only one? Is there another battle bond mythic that's Bright- good? Brightling. Oh, I thought it was in the core. Brittling. I don't know. Look, I don't know what set anything is in. Brittling <laughs> so is going to be sets. a billion. I thought I thought the Brightling was in M nineteen or something. I had no idea. I, was... I'm really excited to see a lot more random three drops just being super expensive from an underprinted uh like uh casual set. Yeah, dude, are yeah. we breaking Spellseeker for this GP? <laughs> That's a good question. Should we segue into what Phil and Zach are doing for the GP? Are you breaking Spellseeker? I mean now I feel I, I feel uh compelled to be playing a Spellseeker deck now that I brought it up. No, I, I haven't brewed at all with Spellseeker. I am. I've been brewing with another three drop. I've been really high on Psy. Yeah. From the new from M nineteen. So do you have a Psy deck? Am I going to see it at the Geekery? Uh, you will see it uh, at Geekery if I have a night free. But I mean, when you're playing at Geekery, you're just going to be running into Chalice deck. So I kind of skew my deck uh, choices for Geekery. Even for the Saturday tournament? Oh, for Saturday tournament, yeah, that's where I would probably try it out. Yeah, if we were playing at a duels event, yeah. So, cool. I think uh, Sai is just the you, like he has the he's the artifact uh, young pyromancer, except he allows you to also draw cards. Yeah, I mean that looks pretty solid. Uh, so j- just in case people ha- haven't been paying attention to M19 because we're legacy players, uh, Sai is a uh, three mana uh, two and uh, one blue uh, one four. That's a legendary human artificer. Um, and whenever you cast an artifact spell, you create a 1-1 colorless Thropter artifact creature token with flying. And uh, you can uh, pay one and a blue to sacrifice two artifacts and draw a card if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to see you just come up with something. I like this something guy fresh, for, for several reasons. He's not bolt bait, you know, like, that's good. I like I that he's not bolt bait and he just, he just turns all of your artifacts, like... A lot of times people will play certain kind of artifacts that are just dead later in the game, and him just having a, a clause that lets you just cycle them are yeah. pretty nice. I mean, if you're a Chalice deck, right, uh, and, <laughs> and you have an extra Chalice in play, you can get rid of it to draw a card. You know, Bill, you're like, oh, I'll cast, I'll cast this Chalice and get a dude, and then I'll sacrifice my Chalice. Phil, is, is, 
is Chalice in your range of playable cards? Do you have Ancient Tombs and Chalices? Uh, I own Ancient Tombs. I don't own Chalices. Mm. Uh, I would say that Chalice... I mean, yeah, like... Chalice is... I can't imagine Chalice is the most difficult thing to be playing. You go Ancient Tomb Chalice on one go. Yeah, no, Psy is like, you definitely want to be playing Ancient Tombs in your side deck because that makes sense. Uh, I've tinkered around with a bunch of different uh, versions of Psy. Uh, none of them, I think, are actually all that great yet. Uh, but I just think that having a dude where you play him with like free artifacts, like pet, whether it's Petals, whether it's any of the Moxen, that just generating... Uh, flying dudes is going to be pretty good and then you know i've thought about playing him with stoneforge mystic because he presents a, he builds a lot of bodies for you to put your equipment onto yep. Yep. um he you himself is the value yeah. engine like yeah. turning every artifact also into a 1-1 flyer is pretty big like against any of the fair decks like we've all seen how good lingering souls can be and he just pumps out that type of stuff um i like that uh, against uh, certain matchups uh because he pumps out can you can you go back to to side sure, just uh, sure confirm thing. he doesn't like what uh, are the thopters colored? No, 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 they yeah, are so, not blue. They are colorless. So colorless thopters is also if if you're playing against something like uh, D and T that it yep. he will just straight up brick wall their uh, like flicker wisps and things like that uh, without mom being able to interact with that. And they're guys with swords on them. What's up? And if they the put like sort of swords. fire and ice onto a thing, you can block yeah, it and yeah. take like five extra damage and have him draw yeah. a card. All that protection clause is nice if you're looking to grind. Um, the the thing is that like his weaknesses are that he is legendary. Uh, not because you don't you, like you can't play two of them at the same time. Like that's fine. He's he's an army in a can. Uh, the problem is that if you play him in a deck where Caracas is just on the other side of the table and you don't have a way to deal with it, uh, that he just will consistently get bounced. That's not the worst, because if you're playing Force of Will, you can still pitch him, but that's obviously not what you want to be doing. Not so, to mention, I mean, you could cast him and still gain value by dropping a pedal, hold priority oh, yeah. and drop like, a pedal, I, it, you know? It's, it's, it's not the worst, it's just like, uh, you, you, you're kind of priced in, because he's a legend, it's, he, he's... He falls into the same category of like Jace Vrinj Prodigy, where it's like the card is is can be very good, but it just falls to Caracas if you don't have a way to interact with that. Yeah. Uh, except Sai is in Bolt so that's that's True. that's something that's nice. Yeah, one four is pretty nice. Um, you can of course Pithing Needle, which will trigger Sai and the you Caracas. Can also, block. Uh, what's it called with this guy? Uh, Nimble Mongooses. So there's that. Yep, that's what makes the one four good. Phil, do you have a goal of debuting a side deck for this Grand Prix, or do you have a backup plan? Do I have? Oh, backup plan is just playing miracles. Uh, if I if Ooh. I can't if I can't <laughs> if I can't find this thing, well, because I was brewing with him, and then I was brewing with I was trying to find a Leovold deck, and the thing that I kept coming across every time I played uh, any like updated Leovold deck without Deathrite is the thing that it's really it just really really lacks is. Like, Swords to Plowshares, when it comes to removal, is just so far leagues and shoulders and heads and everything else above Fatal Push and everything else. Yeah. That, like, for cards in the format that matter, like, you can only lose to Merit Lage so many times when you're playing the fair deck and have the option of playing Swords to Plowshares and you're just not doing it, you know? It's well, like, Merit Lage is to crush the Grixis deck, so there's your answer, right? 
like why why it was so good <laughs> yeah but it, it, it's it's the the fact that like when you're playing with swords to plowshares and snap swords to plowshares you can manage all that stuff and you kind of need that if you're the fair mid-range deck or fair control deck trying to go long you need the the all encapsulating answers like having to be priced into playing one to two edict in your main board is just so punishing yeah because it's so easy to play around that card it costs double the the mana like it's just so much it's so much worse that it's like enough to hold the deck back right now um but if i can't figure out a side deck i'm likely going to be playing miracles although i i have tried putting sai and leo into a deck together to really abuse mox amber mm-hmm uh, just because, like, Leovold is great with Mox Amber and just, like, being able to go either of them and being able to hold up something that can still interact is pretty nice. Phil, I want to um, see you top 8 this tournament with Mox Amber in your deck and watch Mox Amber's price skyrocket. Oh, yeah, Mox Amber would definitely... It's currently $11. Price. I mean, it's, like... <laughs> dude, Mox Amber's ceiling is, is only ever going to go up because all they can ever do is print more playable legends. Yeah. Like, if, if they print one good, like, blue one-mana legend, like, that one-mana legend, like, all one-mana legends, you have to double-take forever now because of Mox Amber. Well, I mean, yeah. what did we learn with the Eldrazi stuff? What did we learn with, uh, you know, uh, anytime you produce a lower-mana-cost thing and you're offering a discount of a particular thing, uh, there problems occur, right? So, um it could even get to a point where, you know, don't mark me on this, but like in two or three years, we're talking about how stupid it was for design to create Mox Amber because, you know, such and such uh, legend got printed. And why would, why would we allow this sort of thing? Or we, they just banned the legend because they're sick of, they're sick of make turning on your moxes. Yo, well, one I'm... mana is un, unexplored design space for legends. Yeah. I'll also be honest with you. Like the, the, other Kaladesh one mana green legend Ovishaya, Ovia, Ovia, like that card makes artifact tokens. Like I was not above brewing with Ovia and Psy in the same deck with Mox Ambers because they both make artifacts and they're both mana sinks for when you're playing all of your artifact mana to do something to do with it, and like. It's not good. It's definitely not good, but yeah. it's also like it's a not good card that gets abused with Mox Amber. And if you know you build a deck that's consistent enough to to abuse fast mana, then I mean you can play with a lot of shit and have fast mana, and it still be a great deck. The beautiful thing about combining Psy with that card too is that you can then sacrifice the extra one to uh per, to draw a card. Yeah. And exactly. if you're playing a bunch, if you're playing a bunch of like loose mana in your artifacts. Mm-hmm. then her activated abilities definitely aren't the worst. Right. Zach, are you going to go to Richmond? Yeah, I'm going to go to Richmond. Uh, I'm in decision right now as to whether or not I want to play Infect or Rug Delver, and I think... Infect. It, well, okay, here's the thing. If if the meta becomes more Rug Delver-based, I want to play Rug Delver. Um, it's a deck that I'm intimately familiar with, and I feel like I can rug delver against other rug delver decks better um mm-hmm. and i can also build a deck that you know like i could tune my sideboard to the metagame um and if there's a lot of rug delver i feel like rug delver is very good against infect um at least has good game against it in, in a way that's similar to the way that uh grixis had 
Um, if the case is it slides towards miracles, it slides towards uh, you know chalice decks, then I definitely want to be playing Infect because I think Infect just does slightly better against those decks uh, for the most part. What if you inv- like just change the the change the whole ball field, and you add some volcanic islands to your Infect deck and you play Canadian Infect? Just Teamer Battle Rage? No, dude. I'm. I mean, you're like just bolts. you're just straight up saying. <laughs> I'm going to play Infect as though it were a Rug Delver. We got Rug Infect, and then you just crushed this tournament because everybody was like, oh, man, I thought he was Rug Delver, but then I got Infected. Well, the thing is, you don't need Lightning Bolt. It's the only red card. Yeah. <laughs> it's honestly the only red card. So, I mean, I, I couldn't think of a card that isn't Team or Battle Rage, uh, which is obviously you can just play Berserk. That's better, and, and the sideboard cards don't seem that great right now since... I think the number of red elemental blasts is, is going to drop slightly, which which is to say, if the number of red elemental bla- blasts is dropping slightly, that cryptic serpent might be a good call as as a card in the, in this meta. And I'd have to look at the uh, the uh, teamer deck elemental. that just uh, how that just did well. How crazy would you be to, yeah. to play Enigma Drake? Enigma Drake. I think Yo, it'd have to be very crazy. I know, no I know what to play that it over does. true name. That's why. Yeah. It's just no there's, reason to play it no over true name. No reason to play it over true name. You hold your tongue. That thing is a twelve-four flyer. Well, I mean, I you think don't, you don't really get eight instants in your graveyard. You fill your graveyard with a lot of uh, a lot of lands and more creatures than you think. I think we Dragonauts uh, is probably a better a, a better choice, honestly. I just don't think there's any <laughs> any way you could play it in the Swords of Plowshares meta either like you tap out you, first of all you play three lands in rug which makes my eyes twitch you have three lands in play and then you tap them all for enigma drake and then they source the plow shares it and you're like huh whoops <laughs> you should only be tapping the three lands for your true name because like you're playing off the top and you drew the true name first um at this point i i think enigma drake's a cool card but uh unfortunately i still think three drops are just all not as good as true name it needs it needs like Pro white. Yeah, or yeah, I don't know. Um, there is a there is a one mana. There's like a one red mana plus three plus one spell that lets you scry one. You can play in rug infect. I guess I, I could what play. Uh, what, what's the uh, uh, assault strobe? Assault strobe. You jump double strike. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's the same thing as berserk. You know, it just I just it's a sorcery, so I have to cast it before combat, which is a little bit of a problem. Yeah. What am I gonna do? Um, All right, I got, I got, I got, I got another, another card here that we should, uh, we should speculate on. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about we go take a blast from the past and uh, figure out how to play some patron wizards? Ooh. What happened to your wizard deck? Well, I will say that patron wizard is pretty much opposition on a guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, if anybody didn't know this, he's fifteen. He's sixteen dollars now. He's also no way. Is that is that just Emperor Palpatine's face? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's it's, a paper graph. Patron wizard wizard is really just Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So there's a reason why that's a sixteen dollar card, and that reason is EDH. Click the paper graph, please. Click the paper. Did you? Yeah, like yeah. where it says online slash paper. Yeah, yeah, it's on paper. Oh, it's been that expensive for that long. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a EDH staple. You played this in your Azami deck. For anybody who doesn't know what Patron Wizard is, because why would you? It's <laughs> blue, 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 
for a 2-2 that says tap an untapped wizard you control to counter a spell unless they pay one. So it turns every one of your wizards into a force spike. And if you amass a certain amount of wizards, they just never cast a spell ever again. Yep, it's a cool card that... Curve this cool guy. Curve this guy into Master of Waves. Holy shit, boys, we broke it. Well, yeah, Master of Waves doesn't that. create wizards. It no, but he does. Spirits. He will make a bunch of guys. The, that is true. You will get. Well, you, you will attack get with the other guys. A bunch master of master waves, patron mm-hmm. wizard. Yeah, you hold to... those up to to counter stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Is there yeah. a way to remake legend miracles? Is that a thing that we could? Guys, this this podcast has gone on straight all into to brew town, guys. <laughs> we're, we're brewing now. <laughs> I mean, I love I love that deck, and that's the only miracles that I played for the longest time because that was that was sort of what was popular at the time. Well, um, if, if there's going to be, like, a bunch of Chalice and Prison decks and all this other stuff, like, Venser's pretty sweet. Yeah. I don't disagree. I just, uh, I just don't think Chalice, or uh, Chalice Miracles, Legend Miracles, I think that was way more dependent on top, because see, didn't draw your Legends at the wrong time. Agreed. I think that also, like, <laughs> that deck folds to, uh, what's called, uh, Grixis Delver, or, sorry, Rug Delver a little bit more. Man, I got a palette cleanse Grixis Delver from my mind. Um, are you yeah. sure? The Bomat Courier and Grixis Delver decks are doing pretty well. Yo, should we, should we just comment quickly on Bomat Courier? I know we talked a little bit about it last week. Is there going to be a time in the future? We're, we're specking on it right now. Will there be a time in the future where people are like, Bomat Courier has to go, not because it's too powerful, but for similar reasons where it's taking up too much time at tournaments, where when somebody fetches, they spend <laughs> their entire time looking at their deck to figure out what cards are under the Bomat Courier. It's great that you that you bring this up, uh, because uh, Nate and I had this discussion earlier today. Uh, I don't think that it's a big deal yet, um, but I also am playing a deck that I know pretty well, and, and also you kind of know what the cards are that you want to find that are under Bomat Courier. So if you look at your deck and you go, one, two, three, four, five, okay, one, two, one, two, one, two. Oh, yeah, it's definitely this card that's under there. I'll crack it and draw. You know, if you're if you're one, trying two, to three, do five. that... It's the sixth copy of this card under there. So, so, yeah, oh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I count the five for some reason. I'm following <laughs> up on that argument where I say, you said you know your deck pretty well. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who knew how to top efficiently, they could top fairly oh, quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to the be, be some people that don't know what they're looking for. Uh, their deck's full of one-ofs for some weird reason. In game twos and game threes, what is the num- the average number of times people will look at their sideboard to see what they boarded out yeah. and then go back and look through their deck while they're just fetching? To figure out what's underneath their Bomat Courier. I, mean, I see a future where Bomat Courier is the new top, and it's got to go because it takes up too much time at tournaments. Uh, here's, here's the thing, though, that is, that is interesting based, sort of, talking about this topic, which is actually a good point, Phil, because you're like, well, you can't do this in paper. And I'm like, well, you can do it in paper. If you're looking for days, you go through your deck, you see how many days are in the deck, you look at your graveyard. It's not any longer than it takes to fetch anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, any, but you're, but you're saying, like, what did I board? Like, games two and three, what did I board in? So here's the question. Let's say you're playing against Reanimator, right? And your turn one, you have you draw seven, you don't have Surgical Extraction, okay? I don't know why you're keeping the seven. Let's assume that you're doing it for some reason. You play a land, a Bomat Courier, and attack, exile the top carrier library, they go to 19, pass back to you. On their turn, they go Faithless Looting, drop a couple fatties in their graveyard, 
or drop one grizzle brand, whatever, pass back to you. You untap. You draw. It's not surgical extraction. Is the right play, no matter what's in your hand, you have seven cards in your hand, to always wheel it to see if you hit your sideboard card? I think if you're going to lose, the right play is to do that. Right. So, like, let's say you play your land. Like, I don't know what else is in your hand that you kept. Again, you, you kept a bad hand. Maybe you went to five or something and you couldn't find something you wanted, right? Yeah. Are you always wheeling to look? Like, doesn't matter what's in, doesn't matter what's in your deck. All you know is that it's not in your hand. Yeah, I think right? I think any time where you look where you know that if your opponent resolves this spell properly and you have a Bowmat Courier in play and and one red mana, one of two card, yeah. you know, and, yeah, of course you've got to take you've got to take that check. Because I can't imagine a time when when you're you know you're gonna look to see you're like oh well I knew I was gonna lose but I didn't do this thing that obviously I should have and then you're gonna look at the card and be like yep it was the card I needed you know <laughs> like yeah. that's gonna happen. I think that's I think that's it's interesting and very counterintuitive uh, thing. But Boom Career is a cool card. I'm, I'm I'm excited that seeing some play. Um, I just don't know that it could ever. You have to discard your hand. I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, if you empty it fast enough, fast enough. I mean, that would be the card to play in the um, infect deck. Well, my courier for, for red. Right. I gotta tell you, man. Like the true names of the infect deck are so good. <laughs> it's just I. I, I that played was against your side attack like a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, I played it online, and I and it. it it froze up the Eldrazi deck, you know, just having a blocker on the ground, and yep. then I eventually just found a way to win. Uh, <laughs> and then I played against Death and Taxes. I played a turn two true name off a of Hierarch. He played a Stoneforge Mystic and had to get a uh, uh, Sword of Fire nice instead of a GTA. And then I just attacked with a bunch of, for a bunch of infect damage, like because he didn't have a way to remove my infect guy, and he was concentrating on the true name. Like it's good. Not being able to be targeted is good. Oh man, so you're yeah, like I mean, playing true name as like just here's the three mana enchantment that says fair decks can't win. Right. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> because it's a stupid card that should be hurled into the sun. Like it, it's just like, you know what, I'm already playing ramp. You might as well do this. Like you know, you're playing you ever, it on turn two, yeah. Yeah, you buy it binds <laughs> a true name, that's seven. <laughs> like they take seven. Like that's a lot. You can become immense berserk, that's the game. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, that's the, great the, side the, the point about that with, with Bowman <clears throat> Courier is just like, you know, the point that, that you were saying, Zach, just bringing it back to what you were saying, was that like, yeah, I mean, like, this card might actually be good, like, if you're the kind of deck that empties your hand. I don't really see Grixis Delver as a deck that empties its hand. Like, you play Days and Spell Pierce and stuff, and they're like, you know, are you, you know, but you're, you're just waiting to, I guess you exhaust all your resources protecting the Bowman Courier, and then you sacrifice it and draw four cards, which I guess makes sense. But yeah. people should kill it. You should kill the you should kill the Bowmat Courier. Well, that's I mean, and that's why it's good in in this like rug infect monstrosity that we've created, right? Is th- <laughs> it's another lightning rod. So you're te- you guys are just pretty much telling me that uh, Shadow of the Grave or whatever that one in a black instant is. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, yep. Cool Where you card. just return all cards you discarded this turn back to your hand. Ooh. You're telling me that we're about to bust the shit out of that card. <laughs> Well, yeah, you got to first of all, you got to put that on Augustus Scepter, and then uh, you sacrifice your Bowman Courier, <laughs> yeah. and then you activate the Augustus Scepter and get all your cards back. 
What was that enchantment where you discard your hand and draw that many cards? It was like two and a blue. Was it... Remember that one? That came. Was out it like Paradigm Shift or something? Paradigm like... Shift, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um. Well, anyway, we went on a bit oh, of a, on a, well, bit there's, of a sidetrack. There's, but... there's one more deck that I would be open to playing at Richmond if there wasn't another card that also spiked in price. I would be so down to play uh, High Tide with Four Predict. Except yeah. Time Sparrows are now $300 for a set. What? No, oh, they were going to say $300 each. <laughs> yeah, bro. Didn't you know Time Spirals went from 25 a piece to 75 Did you Did you just Did you and, just not know this? So why did that happen? I just happen? assumed that that's happened. Why not? Uh, That's why. I, I, yeah, don't I, you know that Time Spiral is played in no other decks? Well, I, I realize that. And I, I, I understand that's a very dumb question for me to ask. Um, that I imagine said, it's a big EDH card. Come on, that dude. Said, uh, no, I don't even know if you're allowed to play that in EDH. I guess you are. If you can play Time Twister in EDH, right? You should be able to play that. Um, <laughs> Did you not know that if you are played in a fringe legacy deck and nowhere else that you are destined for a triple price spike? So, yeah, wow. Um, well, I'm seeing some closing out here on eBay because I like to I like to make sure that uh, we're not all getting ripped off somehow. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think I think we're that's a fair hobby. thing to do. Let's look on eBay. So uh, recent copies have sold for forty three dollars. So don't panic just yet, folks. I'm going to just um, say that Forex Predict in High Tide is the hottest thing this side of the Deathrite Shaman ban. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you, and maybe that's why the card spiked. People know. I'm sure you could you could borrow <laughs> four time spirals. You Look, dude, Candelabra. Just, just play diminishing returns. Dude, no. you know what else? <laughs> you know what else is seeing play in high tide decks, hmm. and it's super hot. Impulse. Search for Ascanta. Search for Ascanta. Yeah, yeah, I mean that card's great. Oh. Combos it's, with, it, with uh, time spiral. It, it's it's not my... an island though. I just want to point that out. It's not an island when it flips over. <laughs> No, but you do get to untap it with your time spiral. What? True, 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 true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I think uh, that that's a deck that I love playing against when I'm on when I'm on Rug Delver. All right, we got maybe ten minutes. Let's do lightning round with uh, Zach's sideboard cards. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about some uh, some of the uh, most played cards in the format that are sideboard cards and cards that we should be thinking about when we're building our decks uh, against other decks. So, obviously, Surgical Extraction is, like, the number one sideboard card ever. Yep. Uh, especially in this Probably. format. Uh, it, it makes up 68.7% uh, of the decks in, in, in this format play. It plays. appears in two-thirds of decks. Yeah. Yes. So, well, currently, at least. Um, I, I, I'm assuming that those other decks are just, like, decks that don't care what you're doing with your graveyard. Um, but, uh, so... Yeah, you've got you've got stuff like uh, like surgical extraction, uh, you know, submerge obviously a sideboard card, uh, ancient grudge, uh, a sideboard card, electricery, cage, um, but then you know we've got we've got some other stuff like what Nate was talking about with uh, Trinian Nemesis. Trinian Nemesis is a sideboard card is interesting, right? I've seen it, well, I play it in Impact, and then Rod Delver sometimes. There's the like. Do you play Tarmogoyf? Do you play Hooting Mandrills? Do you play True Name Main? Do you play True Name Side? Um, right now, I still think that True Name is a better card out of the sideboard 
where you want to take removal off the table or in, in effect's case removal when blocking. Yeah. Um, like I don't, it's not I mean, people. Well, it's never been good against combo decks. I mean, it wasn't bad against combo decks before. It's just not as reliably castable early. So it's really just force bait. Um, and I just, I just love it out of these decks that are aggressive and need something to just bring in. Like, where you, what are you gonna do? Just like bring in more stuff to protect your guys. Like, you know, you're gonna fluster storm their swords of plowshares on your Delver. Yeah. Or you just play true name. So all right, you can do that with with the true name plan uh, in in let's say Rug Delver, right? Um, I always favored Sulfuric Vortex, honestly, against the control decks because it was that much harder for them to get rid of. Obviously, uh, you know uh, what's it called uh, Miracles had a real problem with that card because they weren't pressuring you at all, and uh, Terminus wasn't going to remove it from the board. Right, and I think that that's just sort of like a hedge of what you expect. Mm -hmm. I think that right now there's not a lot of red uh, red miracles decks. First of all, yeah. they're more blue white, um, and they're they're fighting. They're trying to set up their mana base. They're also not as consistently casting terminus, which is good. I mean, they're bringing in uh, su supreme verdict. You know, again for the same reason. Yeah. Um, and if they can't get the four, you don't mind. Yeah, um, and you're gonna stop them from getting the four when you can. And with Rug, it's even different because, like, Nimble Mongoose is still kind of tough for a lot of those decks to deal with. And that's going to get in for a decent amount of damage. And then True Name's going to close the... I think that... Here's the thing, though. that What True Name does is that it stabilizes the board on your side as well. Mm -hmm. Similar to what people have told me about how Tarmogoyf was played initially when it came out. And, like, it was, like, Tarmogoyf counterbalance decks. Where the Tarmogoyf would just block all the goblins that were attacking you <laughs> until you could, you know, figure out a way to kill them with, like, Engineered Explosives or whatever, and then uh, you had Counterbalance Lock after that. So um, True Name does the same sort of thing that, like, it can block their threat all day. Um, that doesn't mean it's a card I enjoy. I just I just think it does what it, it does a lot of stuff. Yeah, I like mean, it's even, even uh, you know, this Miracles deck that uh, that top eight, uh, top 10, uh, so top 16, the uh, uh, SCG tournament, uh, is playing two true name in its board. Yeah, and it's the same deal. Like, which, like they're gonna be your, they if they see monastery mentor in game one, you know what's coming in, right? I guess like a lot of the stuff that hits mentor hits true name, but maybe not like engineered explosives on zero or, yeah. you know, if you were playing illness in the ranks or something like that. But like true name is gonna come down, and if you're if you're like trading back and forth, it's just gonna it's just gonna clean up so fast. Yeah, I mean, so so let's look at this top eight from from Worcester and and just think about. You know what we want in our sideboards is like Eld you're playing against Eldrazi Post, you're playing against Stoneblade, Delver, uh, Goblins, Turbo Depths, Stoneblade again, uh, Blackguard Reanimator, and uh, Death Shadow. Right? If that is the meta, um, and I'm not saying it is, I'm just saying if that is the meta, you know that gives you a pretty good idea of what to what to sort of look at to to try and uh, try and fight. And so. You know, goblins is an easy is an easy call for a deck like mine, where uh, you know, in mine being uh, Delver, where I'd, I'll just play uh, rough and tumble, right? Like, you play rough and tumble, and you you play a little bit more removal, and you hope to get them. The, not an easy matchup, but it is. Easy. I imagine it's a it's a really bad matchup. It's not a good matchup. Uh, it, it just comes down to uh, if you get rough and tumble and can get them, then you then you're you're doing okay. 
Um, yeah, Ancient Grudge is also a card you want against Goblins. Yeah. Ancient Grudge is a card you want in general, it looks like. I mean, you've got Stoneforge decks, Eldrazi Post. I mean, I, I you know, Artifact Destruction is really interesting right now. Um, just because people are playing more equipment, Death and Taxes is very popular. It's not in the top eight of this tournament, but it's clearly a player. It gets you um, out of it gets you out of the uh, your chalice situations that are and, yeah. Uh, cards like a braid are you. very strong because they can yeah. kill a goblin that's giving you problems, or it can kill something out of D and T, or it can kill the vial. I think I would be playing a, a mix in in my board of revelry and uh, and grudge and a braid um, to try and you know, sort of have, have answers for everything and also to be able to get, get some more, uh, you know, more velocity in at my opponent. The black red reanimator sort of weight or the reanimator weight on the format is interesting because to me, the card you want to see is rest. You want to be playing is rest in peace, rest in peace against uh rug is good. It's, it's just got more, it's good against its death shadow deck. That's got a bunch of Gurmag anglers in it. Um, but it's not, and it's it's good against Reanimator if you live long enough to play it. So, yeah. Like the question is, should you play again? It's like, do you play Surgical, which will give you extra hate early, or do you try some other avenue towards winning the game early against Black Red, which is you know something like uh, you know Flusterstorm, something you get a you know gets a big land drop, right? Yeah. That's you know, the thing you, is like with that deck, your best bet is Surgical Extraction. And if you're and if you're mulliganing to your hate, the question is whether or not you play Leyline. I just I really do not like the Leylines, like as a, I don't like them as design. And I don't like them in decks because they're just all feel bad. They're like they never feel good. Yeah, for it's anybody. Like either either you didn't get it on your end and you lost because you mulled to nothing, or uh, you did get it and your opponent's like, cool. My deck is invalidated. You're like you just look at your hand. You're like. Oh, I got laid out of the void. Phew. It's not like, oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. I did I did such a cool thing. Like, no, I drew Leyline of the Void. Yeah, and, and Reanimator doesn't really have a backup plan aside from what, like, Stronghold Gambit? Well, this deck would probably bring in... Not even playing it. Reverence for Reverence Silence. And that's yeah. entirely to clean out uh, multiple Leylines. Yeah, so, and... And then and, it's like... Uh, yeah. And so, like, you mulligan to that... And then they mulligan to Reverend Silence. Like it's just a dumb, it's just a dumb, it's just bad. There's design. no reason not like to it. play False Cure in this deck if you're playing Reverend Silence as a four of in your board. Well, there's lots of reasons. Not to. <laughs> I'm just saying, First False Cure test him too. Would, your Grizzle Brand would kill you because yes. <laughs> it works in both players. Oh God. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It would be. The turn zero graveyard hate is really interesting. It's very macabre, I guess, is the other one yeah. that you could do. Um, so we've talked about uh, graveyard hate. We've talked about artifact hate, right? Uh, and to an extent, enchantment hate. Um, but what about situations where your opponent's going to be playing a deck that you can't... Uh, you, you don't have a great plan against? Do you just, like, flex slot stuff for that? Like... Your deck's already weak to, to this deck, but it doesn't fall into one of those three categories. Sorry, Phil. I feel like I'm I'm, uh, I'm answering all these questions. You want to jump in? I mean, when it comes to... I feel like I have agreed with you guys on pretty much everything so far, especially the false cure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's an easy inclusion. Um, 
I mean, I think it, when it comes to your sideboard stuff or the sideboard that you're, you have to be on the lookout for, it's really just like, I think the most difficult stuff to sideboard is what to sideboard against decks where the sideboarding isn't fairly obvious. Like, you know what decks you're bringing in Surgical against, you know what decks you're bringing in Agent Grudge against. It's really more of like figuring out if you're a fair deck and you're playing against another fair deck, how do you control how many of something you board in versus board out and figuring that out before you go into a tournament. Yeah. Right, and I think that's why you sh- people should be making sideboard maps. Like, it really is helpful. You you think you really think things through, and you learn to like sort of look at your sideboard slots. Um, it doesn't take as long as you think either. Well, I mean, it might now because the format's so in flux. Whereas a few months ago, there was a lot more like, um, you know, flexibility. But you know, you really like need to figure. Okay, well, if I have this many cards, I don't want in this matchup. That means I need to bring in this many cards from my sideboard. If I'm not bringing in that many cards from my sideboard, like I don't have, is that, does that mean I need more cards in my sideboard for this matchup, or I need to board out less? Like all that kind of stuff really is interesting um, to to think about and important, especially with miracles. Like I feel like whenever I play a deck, whenever I play against miracles, I bring in a ton of cards. Like oh, this would be good against miracles, and this would be good against yeah. miracles, right? I, I used um, to sideboard like seven cards against miracles with Rug Delver. Like I would just yeah. take out everything that you could target, and then I would bring in like. Every you know, I'd bring in like four or five cards that like hopefully they couldn't deal with, and then because it was counterbalance days, I'd also bring in sulfur elementals because at least they couldn't be countered. Yeah, right. Exactly. You got like weird. Yeah. And that's like, like a flex. Like that's like a card that like again is like a multi-purpose card, right? Like you don't really think of sulfur elemental as like a split-second card that can't be countered. Um, you generally think of it as a card that uh messes with death and taxes, but. It does have applications against other decks. If you're playing like a combo deck, you have to decide like, what am I cutting from my combo to sideboard? This is why I was I've never been a great Storm player because I'm really bad at sideboarding with Storm. Like I can never tell like this is the right angle of my combo to take out. Same thing with like we were talking about with Show and Tell and Arcane Artisan. Like, do you board out Omniscience? Like Omniscience sometimes is great, but if you're boarding in Arcane Artisan, you want you know, you, you're going to board out pay, things that don't pay it off, yeah. right? So the, I guess that's the question, right? Uh, with Infect, it's the same deal with all the pump spells. Like, you want to bring in stuff, but, like, the question is, how much of your pump spells do you want to board out? So with the tr- like, I have a true name sideboard map where you should just take out the Glistener Elves because, like, against any deck with removal, a Glistener Elf is never untapping, you know? Yeah. And the people aren't stupid. They know how to play against Infect now. Where they will they'll kill it on your on their turn to make use of vines then or like they'll you know they'll wait for you to make the first move they'll they'll take six seven hits you know for one if they can so you know just board it out you just gotta be like no this is not my avenue to victory here I can I can just you know I can pump up these true names and then I can win that way you know so like that's that's the best sideboard map I have going right now. Yeah, I think um, I think if especially for these big events with GPs to go back to the GP prep conversation we were having, uh, a sideboard map is sort of a must. Is something I I tend to do for any any event that I'm paying more than fifty dollars for. I like to have a pretty good idea of what I'm doing uh, in in the games that I play the most, which are games two and three. You know, we play on average you're going to play more sideboarded games and you're going to play unsideboarded games. It's just you know statistically a fact. Um, 
So you should get good with sideboarding to begin with. And knowing how to outsideboard your opponent, especially in a situation with a transformative one, like that infect situation you're talking about with the true names, uh, that that is not just games, that's matches that you're going to win. Yeah, right. Well. It's also a nice way to, I don't know if anybody else has run into this situation, I've definitely done this to myself on multiple occasions, where I'll board out a certain card thinking like, man, I, I don't need this, I can, I can switch this out for something. Mm -hmm. But then it was actually my like only out to something that yeah. they boarded in, and then all of a sudden something that they boarded in is... I just can never deal with because I boarded my answers out. Yeah. Uh, Very and, common situation. Been there. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, that, I think that's another spot where your sideboarding plan is good. And when I, I think one thing that we should mention is that when you're building your sideboard plan, think also what the deck that you would be sideboarding is going to be sideboarding against you because you're not sideboarding against their deck. You're sideboarding against their sideboarded deck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like and that's, that's important and, to think about because I I would run into that scenario all the time where I would I, I would think I'm boarding right and then lose a game because I boarded improperly because of how they boarded and I didn't take that into account. That is one and, of the reasons why I play that destructive revelry over like the second ancient grudge because like sometimes I'm like, Oh yeah, you sideboard into Blood Moon, you total dick. Or rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a that's a that's a thing like they gotta think of too, like how many times are you boarding in like, there are artifact decks where you want to bring in your artifact kill, but there are also artifacts that they could board it against you that you might want artifact kill. That's a for, great, right? uh, a great like, um, practice for yourself is uh, look at the decks that you're bringing in stuff for, and then uh, look at those decks and decide how you would sideboard against yourself uh, with those decks. Like, go online, look at a list, and be like, if I was playing against myself what would I bring in or what would you hate to have brought in against you, you know, and then see what you would sideboard from there. Because that's a really, that that's a really good point, Phil is like bringing up the, how do you play against your sideboarded decks? Uh, uh, just, you know, seeing what th their sideboard plan is, is as important as knowing what their game one looks like. The other thing to do too, is that if you are a, 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 an extension of that idea is if you are looking at a deck and going, how would I sideboard against myself? And you don't know because you don't know how that deck would sideboard. a la what uh nate said about he didn't know how to board with storm that's really that's a good point like i couldn't tell you how storm would board against me on if i was playing like a fair mid-range or fair control deck i i'm not necessarily sure so uh you can always look to i mean any of the online forums or anybody that you know in the community that does play that deck and just ask them we like, should have a segment called ask a storm player where we just like call call up uh <laughs> somebody yeah. cyrus and we're like I mean, hey cyrus what do, you, what do you think that's just like an example right like i mean if i was playing against infect i couldn't tell you how many how infect would necessarily board against me either you know yeah if, if i'm on if i'm on a leo deck or a miracles deck or whatever you know um so yeah like take the time to figure that out and then take the time if you don't know to just do a little bit of extra homework and ask somebody because that you just asking that question could just save you around at a GP, right? Yeah. Like you could just board correctly at a GP and win around because of it. And then that's the difference between you getting into the money or not getting into money or making your winning in or whatever. Cause when you're cutting corners and conceding a match that you could have won just because in your prep time, uh, you don't, don't incur that feel bad. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, the, that's the thing that, uh, you know, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't happen to know us, 
and and to an extent, if you do happen to know us, um, you're doing it because you're trying to improve your game in some manner. So uh, trusting your friends, trusting other people in the community that have uh, have that knowledge is is just smart magic, honestly. And let not me tell you, if somebody agree, tells but, you the you know, wrong, if, go ahead. Like, not everyone's gonna agree. Like you just you know, not everyone agrees about true name and infect, and oh, not yeah. everyone agrees about like various other sideboard plans or whatever. But, you know, it's all about how you prioritize what you expect in that you're going to play against and what you think is the best solution to that problem. Yeah. Like, like right now I've been splitting, for example, again, just talking about this, this infect thing, I've been splitting true names and standstills. I love the standstills. It's so cool, right? Because you have a man land and then you draw a bunch of pump spells and you win with it, right? Except that the, the decks where I wanted the standstill board in the, out of the board, I was already pretty good against. And I needed more true name type stuff, you know. So I, I, I had to make the decision to be like, I really like this tech, this other tech, but I can't, I just don't need it. Yeah. You know, I don't expect that, that, that these kinds of matchups are going to be as big a problem for me as these other kinds of matchups. So I'm going to go and, and tilt it to this direction. That's the unfortunate thing is that there's not like a sulfuric vortex card for infect. Like Trinity Nemesis is kind of as close as you can get to to something like that. Right. Well, guys, I gotta go. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm exhausted. Uh, yeah, and, and this is <laughs> this is a good spot to stop. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, you know we covered uh, we covered some GP prep. We covered the the classic and and the open. Uh, and we went over some sideboard uh, discussion, so uh, I think, yeah, it was a pretty good cast overall. Uh, thanks, guys. Don't forget your false cures. Don't Have forget your false cures. cures. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keep it up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. to get those wonderful toys. Eternal Dirtles is supported by Audible.com. If you'd like a free audiobook and start up a trial with Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com slash eternaldirtles and they'll hook you up with a free book and you'll be supporting the show. Thanks so much.